This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome inside the Braves booth. It is great to have you with us. And let me just start by saying it is great to be doing these shows still. That means the Braves are still playing baseball. And as we record this show today, and as it will be live this evening, you'll have an opportunity to uh, take in this ball game, or rather take in this uh, episode right after you finish up this ball game. It's our 17th episode, and hopefully get a few more of these things. Get up to about 19, 20 of these things. That would be great. That would be. Alongside Joe Simpson and Jonathan Chadwick, Ben Ingram here with us. Uh, we're here with you. And uh, Joe, this is... Um, this is quite the historic day. We're sitting in the booth right now, and we're getting ready for the Braves and the Dodgers to get together in the National League Championship Series, and this game is in Atlanta, the first time Atlanta has seen a game in this round since 2001. Wow, is that right? Man? Yeah, 20 that's, years. That's incredible. You know, last year, um, the Braves and their run to the NLCS, of course, everybody remembers that there were no fans uh, you know, just a limited number in Texas that got to come in and watch the games. Um, but I had no idea it had been 20 years for this ki- this type of scenario. Going back to game four against the Brewers, I think we saw how much the fans missed it and how into it they were and how much they uh, celebrated with the team. We all had a good time last year. Fans enjoyed watching it, and it was a great ride. And and maybe even to some, a ride that they didn't expect, given how far that they went. But they were robbed of the experience. That experience that they'll have tonight, that was not theirs last year. And even for people who went over to Texas and watched the ball games, there were 10,000 people there. And the games are equally as meaningful. And the Dodgers have rings, and they have uh, signs in in their ballpark. Uh, showing what they did last season, and they should. It's as meaningful as anything else. But to have this situation now with fans, there's going to be 42,000 people here tonight. It feels like postseason uh, with the weather here today. Very yeah. windy. We'll get to all that. But I'm just so thrilled for the fans. Uh, I've read posts on Twitter and other social media where people uh, talked about their wife surprising them with tickets or they surprised their father with tickets or something like that. And, and people talking about the emotion they're in, tears coming to people's eyes, how big this is and how meaningful this is for them to come to their ballpark, watch their team play against the Los Angeles Dodgers, four wins away from winning a pennant. What a great thing for this fan base. You know, I, I got on the elevator today. Uh, before I came over here with a couple from Lincoln, Nebraska. They had on their Braves paraphernalia, and uh, I thought it kind of odd. You know, I I asked them, where are you from? And they said, Lincoln, and we're here because of TBS. Wow. We became Braves fans because of TBS and the nationwide coverage uh, every night of Braves baseball. And we're still Braves fans in Lincoln, Nebraska. And they flew here 
specifically for this. That's the only reason they're here is for the these two games, and they couldn't be high, they're, they're high as a kite because they're just yeah. so fired up. But that's an example of what you're talking about. So meaningful and, and so huge, and like I, I love other sports as well. We we talk about college football and the NFL and things like that. Nothing to me tops postseason baseball. Get into October, crisp day, great teams, legendary players, games that come down to the wire, and now. Our team is there. Yeah. Our team is a part of that. How do you top this? Uh, you, you don't. Uh, you don't unless you win it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and win the National League pennant. Uh, you, you touched on the weather, and uh, we all woke up today wondering what just happened. Obviously, a front has come through. The sun has finally come out after being pretty much overcast all day long. And I think the temperatures have gone from the low 60s up to maybe 70 degrees. But by game time, it's going to be back into the probably mid to low 60s with this wind howling. And who knows what effect that might have on the game. But it certainly does feel like fall baseball. It does. I could see that having lots of effects on the game. How well are pitchers gripping the ball? What does it do to the flight of the ball? All those things that we'll discover as we continue through the odyssey that is tonight's ball game, game one. But Max Freed gets the ball for the Braves tonight. It'll be a bullpen game for the Dodgers, as we know. And as we've learned here in the last 15, 20 minutes, we now understand what both teams' plans are for the next few ball games. And given the fact that you start at home uh, against a 106-win Dodger team, as funny as that is, what a great opportunity for this team and a great chance for Max Freed. Well, let's go back to uh, game four. Uh, if the Braves don't win that, we're all prepared. We're all packed and ready to go for an early morning departure to go to Milwaukee on Friday for what would have been a game on, um, is that right? No. Go, go to, gone to San, no, would have gone to Milwaukee, and then, and then either San Francisco or back here. And then possibly on to San Francisco. So there was a lot of travel in our future had the Giants won. As it turns out, the Braves win, Dodgers win. So we got to stay home, and they had to come to us. They had to play the extra game. Uh, they had to be extended, you know, right to the ninth inning and the last batter of the fifth game. So they celebrate. They then get on a plane yesterday, flew across the country, worked out, and got here and worked out about 6.30 last night. They've got to be somewhat fatigued. That will work to the Braves' favor as well as having the uh, home field advantage and not having to travel. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and if you're going to design this thing to favor the Braves, I think it's – whether they win or lose, we'll see. But in my opinion, this thing is as stacked as far towards Atlanta as you could possibly ask for it to be, given what you just mentioned, their travel plans. The Braves got to stay home. The Braves got to rest. Braves won the division series in four games, didn't have to go play a fifth game. And you've lined things up with your pitching the way that you want. Meanwhile, the Dodgers have some guys on short rest. Uh, they'll be using a bullpen game in, uh, in game one. Doesn't mean they can't overcome that. This is a tremendously talented ball club in the Dodgers. But if you're looking for things to be stacked up in your favor, it's hard to ask for, for too many more things than what you already have stacked in your favor. Yeah, don't, don't uh, think for a minute I feel sorry for L.A. Right. Um, they did the same thing the other night against the Giants. They didn't have anybody to really pitch uh, game five, and they went with the same type of uh, opener setup with Knable, uh, then Gratterall, and then I don't know if somebody else came in before Arias, but Arias pitched four innings. He's the starter, but he didn't start that game. Right. So it, it worked out perfectly for Los Angeles. They've done this before. They've done this three, four, five times this year. Uh, it can be very successful for them. 
don't feel sorry for them. I don't think that uh, I know I don't. I don't think anyone here is going to. And the Braves also are riding the crest of one of the most emotional moments we've seen around here in many, many years. I think what we saw in the fourth game versus the Brewers is one of the biggest home runs in franchise history. Uh, I'd, I'd put it up there in the top 10, I'm sure, of great moments. Yeah, right. And, and anything that you have moment-wise in the championship series or the World Series, you could make an argument for topping that. But that was such a huge moment for the team. It was done with your star. And anybody hitting a home run in that moment would have been enormous, would have been an amazing moment. But it was done with Freddie Freeman. And I think to myself, for a certain number of Braves fans, for a certain generation of Braves fans, that's the biggest home run they've ever seen. True. If you're 30 right. or younger, you weren't around for what happened in the, in the 90s. No. And certainly before then. That's the biggest home run you've ever seen by a Brave. Yeah, and it'll be lifelong, uh, a lifelong memory. Mm-hmm. It will. So to ride a moment like that, into this at home, uh, just a, a whole swing of amazingly positive emotions going into this series. Think about the crossover um, uh, from Freddie Freeman. K- Freddie Freeman transcends uh, Turner Field and Bobby Cox into Truist Park and to uh, now Brian Snitker and to that moment. So everybody that was a a fan of the Braves and knew Freddie Freeman when he first got to the big leagues and celebrating now with this moment that happened the other day, uh, it covers a lot of ground. And it's very similar to when Chipper uh, first broke in. His first full year was 95. That's when they won the World Series. So that was at Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. And Chipper transcended and, and covered Atlanta Fulton County Stadium and into Turner Field with Bobby Cox and Freddie Gonzalez. Uh, People who remember Chipper coming up and being a part of that World Series team, that was a memory for them Mm -hmm. over so many years. So the the thing that Freddie did the other night to me uh, for this generation is what Chipper did um, for the previous generation. Yeah, and I don't know what's ahead for Freddie. I, I would say that right now he's on pace for a Hall of Fame career. But Hall of Fame players... It's not just statistics. I think you need Hall of Fame moments, and he got one the other night. No doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, It's like you said, if um, Travis Darno hits that home run, um, anyone else that wasn't an original Brave, let's say, hits that home run, that's still a memory that lasts with Braves fans forever. Remember that night Travis hit that, Darno hit that home run? Right. And uh, it was off Josh Hader, and nobody was expecting anybody to get a hit off Hader. Well, as it turned out, it was Freddie. Um, Today's Braves hero, Mm -hmm. um, the most popular Brave and the best Brave of this generation. He ends up staying a Brave for his whole career. Man, one day they're going to hang number five down the line over here. Right. We'll see that moment replayed a thousand times. No no question about it. He's he's had a bunch. He's had a bunch. I don't know that any top that. Even he said as much. He said when he's long, long time down the road, when he is not playing anymore, he can look back and think about that as, uh, as the highlight. Yeah, really awesome. Uh, just uh, tremendous stuff. And hearing the hearing the, the fans roar that night and seeing this team celebrate, seeing Freddie celebrate was just incredible. Now you take all that and you move it to the next round, and you face the team that you have seen twice in the last three years. You face a team that you know, and I'm not just talking about the last few seasons, but for, for many years, you have not beaten in their place. And that's why I think home field is so big for this series. But this team 
has been the standard in the National League for the last five years, maybe even longer than that. But it's felt like for the last five years, if you're going to get to the World Series, you've got to go through these guys. And now you have that opportunity. And I think after seeing what happened in 18, seeing what happened in 20, they go into it now with now four years of experience in the postseason, seeing these guys in two of those years. And and I think you feel like – you deserve not only deserve to be on the same field with these guys i think you expect to beat them i don't know if that was the case in 2018 i'm not sure either and they have had our number uh make no mistake about it uh they won four of the six games in regular season does that mean they're going to win this series in six maybe in some people's minds it does uh atlanta won two out of three here at truest field earlier this year against the dodgers and got swept in la uh, in very close games. I've got kind of a rundown on those three games so that nobody gets all panicky about how the Braves got swept in L.A. They were all one- and two-run games, um, and the Braves had leads in a couple of them. So it's not like we can't compete with them. It's not like uh, we can't match up with them. There are a lot of numbers that, uh, if, you, if you're into that, I can give you that will tell you uh, where – uh, the similarities are and where the differences are between these two ball clubs. The, I don't think there's that aura of invincibility about the Dodgers for Atlanta now like there might have been the last year or two. Right. And I know we were up three games to one, but even then it was like, I hope we can finish them off tonight. Well, I hope we finish them off tonight. I don't want to go to a game seven. Right. Uh, that that's the kind of team they the Dodgers are and were and won the World Series. Let me ask you about the, this Dodgers lineup. It's still a very good lineup, top to bottom. Probably the the most uh, difficult lineup to navigate through altogether. But they're missing Max Muncie, and the rumor is is that we probably won't see him this series. They still have plenty of other guys that, that can get the job done. We saw Bellinger get a big base hit the other night versus San Francisco in that fifth game of the DS with with the Giants. But it is slightly different without him in there for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, what he does for the rest of that lineup. And number two, what he's done versus the Braves in his career. Muncy's been he's been their guy for the last three years. Homers and RBIs, he's been top of the list. And that was a huge blow to them. But it was it any greater blow than losing Ron Lacuna Jr.? Right. I don't think so. Is it any greater blow than losing Jorge Soler and what he was doing for the Braves lineup lately? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. You know, the Braves are shorthanded too. And uh, again, I, I'm sorry about the injury to Muncie, but I don't feel sorry for him. They've got so many bodies over there. They've, they've, it's a 26-man roster, and they could probably go 32 deep. You know, if if, right. if baseball allowed it, they've got enough players that that probably should be on a postseason roster for anyone else but L.A. Uh, they're good. There's no doubt that they are good. Uh, it's just the Braves uh, need to take advantage of the game tonight. When you hear this podcast, I'm assuming the game will be over or close to being over. Uh, and let's hope that they take care of business against this opener situation for the Dodgers because after tonight their pitching is going to be set up yeah they'll be back on track with normal rest and all that Uh, I want to go back to what you mentioned with Solaire and that injury now things could change I know that Snit said the other day that you just have to go into this series under the assumption that he's not going to be available until he's cleared you can't even think about him being back but there's always the chance that he could have a negative test over the next few days clear protocol and be back for some point this series I hope that that's the case but in the meantime the lineup that we're seeing 
tonight. Eddie Rosario's leading off. Dansby Swanson batting eighth. And when it comes to the matchups that they see righty versus lefty, would you expect those two guys to be used at the top of the order each night? I do. I do. I, I expect that. In fact, uh, on the Brian Snitka report today, as you will hear it a little bit later, um, Brian explained that the reason Dansby was leading off the other day was because the Brewers started a left-hander, Lauer. Tonight, the Dodgers are starting a right-hander. It's Rosario at the top of the order. So mm-hmm. it, it definitely is a matchup situation there. Uh, both Rosario and Peterson are playing. When you get to a point where Urias is starting uh, in L.A., then you got to consider what are you going to do in the outfield because of those two left-handed hitters, Rosario right. and Peterson. You, you start one or two or neither one. Who, who's going to play out there if you're going to kind of do a matchup thing? Let's worry about that when we get there. Sure. But I, I, I don't have any qualms about Rosario leading off. Uh, he does a good job of getting on base, and that's what it's all about. And if it's Scherzer for them tomorrow night, the lineup that you see tonight for game one could very well be what you see one through eight tomorrow night as well. If Scherzer starts, yeah, that, that very well could be about the, exactly the same. Uh, again, it might be about uh, – it might be some adjustments depending on who's had good luck against Max, uh, Max Scherzer and make any moves in the lineup up or down because of that. Uh, I think I know the answer to this, but if the Braves get through this series and win it, lots of things would have to take place for that to happen. It's not just one thing. You do this and you win the thing. But if you win this series, what do you think we're looking back on and saying that more than anything was the biggest factor contributing to this team advancing to the World Series? Hitting with runners in scoring position. Uh, they did not do a good job of that against Milwaukee. They were fortunate that the Brewers were even worse than they were. Right. Uh, but you got to get you got to get runs in when you get opportunities. Uh, you're not gonna you can't count on any five run innings, and uh, you might hit some home runs. I think the Braves are certainly capable, and they did that out in L.A. in that series. They hit some homers, um, but hitting with runners in scoring position, and if there's a one B to that. Don't walk anybody. Yeah. The Dodgers are capitalists. They they do such a good job of getting somebody on for free and then making something happen. Mm-hmm. And, and it might be homers themselves. So let's hope that uh, that doesn't happen. But uh, from the pitching standpoint, limit your walks, offensive side, runners in scoring position. I'm, I'm right there with you. And, and I think that's my biggest takeaway from last year because – you know, I'm 41 years old. I've been watching baseball and remembering baseball in the postseason since the 86 World Series. I remember watching Mets and Red Sox as a six-year-old. I've watched it ever since. But the thing that I've that I really took away from last year is two outs, men on base. What do you do? Mm-hmm. And, there, and there are lots of other factors. Of course, Freed and Morton, you got to win with those guys on the mound. Your bullpen's got to be good. Your defense has got to be good. And they were versus the Brewers. That was a huge uh, contributing factor to the Braves mm-hmm. advancing. But I feel like no matter what the matchup is, who the teams are, where you are in the series, you're going to get men on base with two down. And that's going to be a consistent theme for both teams. What do you do with two outs and men on base? And last year, the Braves had some big moments, but maybe they're just a few shy. And the Dodgers went on and and advanced. And that's where the Dodgers are so tough is because their lineup is so deep. They come through with lots of two outs and men in scoring position opportunities. So you'll have those opportunities. What are you going to do in those opportunities? Well, and let's, let's think back to the 20 to last season against LA. They hit 16 home runs in seven games. Seager hit five of them. Yeah. Will Smith had a, a clutch home run for them. 
Uh, Bellinger had a, a big home run or two uh, late in that series. But Seager hit five, for crying out loud, 16 homers in seven games. Uh, keep him in the ballpark. We're playing in a different yard, playing in Atlanta. We're not playing in Texas. Uh, it's not a covered stadium. There might be some differences there. Weather might be a factor. But, um, yeah, keep him in the yard, too. Yeah, that would go a long way. By the way, J.C. just passed this to me and uh the Dodgers just made this official for their starters game two, three, and four. Scherzer game two, Bueller game three, and Urias game four. And we know the Braves will go Freed, Anderson, Morton, and we'll see what happens in game four. But gives you an idea of what we're looking at for the first four ball games. You know, I, I this is not any disrespect to any of those guys you just mentioned, uh, and I'm certainly not going to shortchange Max Scherzer under any circumstances. But I'm glad Urias is not pitching until game four. Yeah, you know he's he had such a tremendous year. He is left-handed. He's he's tough on. He's good last year against the Braves. Yes, he was out of the bullpen uh-huh. uh, for crying out loud. Um, but it doesn't bother me at all that he's not going to pitch until Game Four. Yeah, what do you think about the Braves and what they're doing one, two, and three? Uh, I think I might have done it differently, but as also as you will hear from Brian Snitker, they wanted to give Charlie Morton uh, an extra day of rest or two. That's why he's not going tomorrow. It'll be Ian Anderson pitching game two. He'll be pitching at home where he's more comfortable. I understand the um, uh, advantages there for a younger pitcher who's only 23 years old. But I, I think Ian's got blinders on. I don't even think he knows where he's pitching sometimes because <laughs> he's so focused right. and so locked in. But it certainly will be a boost to him to have the crowd cheering for him here in Game 2. And Charlie will be strong going in Game 3. Uh, I know this much. So last year, you got on the backside of that championship series, lost in seven. And of all the things that came in and out of my mind, the, the most predominant thought was you didn't have enough pitching. Oh, we ran out. Yeah. And, and this year, I think you're significantly more equipped for that in a seven-game series against these guys now that you've got Charlie. That's why they went out and got Charlie and got Drew. They don't want to be in that situation that they were in last year where you run out of pitching. And, man, it would be great to have uh, the Mike Soroka you would expect. My goodness, that'd be... That'd be sexy. That would really be. You know, we're <laughs> going to look back. We're, five years from now, we're going to look back and say, man, if we'd only had Soroka in 20 and 21, we might have had four straight world sure. championships, yeah. you know. Uh, and we might have one beginning this year without him. But uh, he, he is sorely missed uh, in, in terms of a depth uh, on your rotation. But much better depth this year with the likes of Smiley and Waskari Noah available if you need to start him too. Yeah, significantly more prepared when it comes to the depth. So looking forward to that. And uh, above all those things, we can sit here and dissect everything in the world 10, 20, 30 times. But th- this is pretty amazing. This is game one of the NLCS tonight. Braves are in it. And we're going to be here with 42,000 of our best friends calling this ball game. It will be loud. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll be exciting. Uh, and uh, this is no different than what the things we talked about with Milwaukee uh, because of their pitching staff. Early runs will be at a premium. Like I said, I don't expect big five-run innings from, from either side, really. I hope not from the other side. Uh, but capitalize on the opportunities you get. And if it comes in the first inning, which the Braves had some first inning opportunities against Milwaukee, right. certainly, and weren't able to capitalize, let's hope that's different. Something else about that Milwaukee series uh, I went back and now I've forgotten. Um, I think it was only two runs were scored by either team in the first four innings. For the whole series? For the whole series. Yeah. So all the starters were on. 
they were locked in. Mm-hmm. They pitched great, and I don't expect any different this this series unless there's a hiccup by the Dodgers and their opener tonight. All right. We'll be watching that. And, of course, by the time you listen to this podcast, you'll probably know what happened in game one. Hopefully, you're equally as entertained. And you'll say, my gosh, Joe and Ben were geniuses. <laughs> I, I hope. And you're, or, only, you're only 41? Yeah, 41. God, you look a lot older. Uh, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan had a birthday yesterday. He did. And he turned 39, and he doesn't look 29. Look at him. He got a haircut. Yeah. Well, you say that now. He's going to age about 15 years between the first pitch and the last out tonight. Yeah, I can I can barely see him over the the board op that he's got there. He's just he's hunkered down. Yeah. Either that or it's his haircut. I'm not sure cuz uh, Jonathan, if you we'll let the fans know too on the podcast where you got your haircut and then go down there and just beat the snot out of that person. <laughs> it was a place actually pretty close to the ballpark. Okay. Well, god. It looks pretty good. Were they licensed? (laughs) She went a little high and tight. Oh, she. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that if it was a woman. Didn't realize that. She wanted it to last through not just this round, but the World Series as well. Well, Yeah, and and, and into spring training, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) At least through this series. (laughs) (laughs) We won't need another haircut until we get to daylight savings time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, man. Well, our email address is bravesbooth at gmail.com. And keep bringing the good questions because we really hope we're doing these shows another few weeks and giving you uh, another show during the CS and into the World Series and all that stuff. So bravesbooth at gmail.com. And with what we just discussed, let me just start with an easy question. This is from Roger. Of the three of you, who's most likely to flatline during these games? That is the easiest question we've received all year long. One, two, three. Three, Jonathan. Jonathan. It's me. Yeah. He'll flatline with six games left in the series. I right. mean, he might flatline tonight. Yeah, I could flatline in the third inning. <laughs> right. Tell them about your, your uh, watch notifications. Oh, yeah. On my Apple Watch, sometimes um, the heart monitor gives me a notification that the beats per minute are a little quick. <laughs> you need to calm down. Which uh-huh. brings us to one other question where someone asked, and you'll get you'll get an opportunity to explain this. Why were you doing push-ups the other night right after our call of the Freeman home run? There was no real rhyme or reason for it. It was just, you know, the ball went out of the yard. It was the bottom of the eighth inning. You knew if Will Smith could come on and get three outs, you were going to advance. You didn't have to go and play and go back to Milwaukee. You're going to give yourself a couple of days off regardless of who you played in the next round. And I think it was just excitement. I didn't know what to do with myself. So Freddie hit the ball out. He's number five. I did five push-ups and stood up and was ready to run through a wall. Yeah, I, see, it, I took it to mean that you couldn't jump out of the dugout and run a sprint to the right field foul pole. So you just did push-ups instead. Yes, yeah, first thing that came to mind. I yeah. totally forgot about it. And, of course, Greg Mize and Brave Social Media set up a GoPro in our booth to get our reaction during whatever took place in the final three innings. He hits the homer. And I look at you, and you, you're you pointing to me down on the yeah. floor back behind yeah. me. 
So Freddie's rounding the bases, and I'm, <laughs> you're pointing back behind my chair to look back there, and Jay Chat's back there doing push-ups, which is the funniest thing. So when they posted that video on social media, the only thing that people could see was you pointing and me laughing, but they couldn't see what was going no, on. They didn't, they so had no, idea. everyone was asking, "What were you? What could you possibly be looking at behind you?" And it was Jay Chad doing push-ups, and that's the reason. All right, we got some long questions today, so we'll try to get through them. Uh, this is from Max. When did you guys know Freddie's ball was going out? I was at both games in Atlanta, so I couldn't listen live, but I do go back afterwards and listen to the big moments of the game, and I thought you guys nailed it. I also have no clue how you guys um, guys are as composed or appear to be as composed as you are in those environments. Let's win eight more from Max. When did you know? When it went into the seats. Me too. I didn't know either. I wasn't taking my eye off that thing until it vanished. Mm-hmm. I'm to make sure. I was watching the monitor, and when I saw Kane kind of give up and stop a couple steps before the wall, I knew. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you breathed again. Exactly. That's when the push-up started. And as far as uh, keeping yourself composed, I mean, I was in the back of a freaking Major League Baseball radio booth doing push-ups, so I don't know if I was very composed. <laughs> well, that was pretty cool. You said you are getting gas uh, at a local station, and they've got the TV monitors and the gas pumps, right? Yeah, somebody texted me that. It wasn't me oh, fueling oh, up. Somebody oh. was fueling up at a Bucky's. Okay. And they saw our call on at on the TV monitor at the gas station gas pump. And I well, thought to myself, we're on the gas pumps at Bucky's. We made it, man. I got a text from a, a friend in New York, Long Island, who said that uh, we were also the call of the day on the Dan Patrick show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Very cool. I mean, I, I don't know how much of a call it was for me. I just kind of overlapped your call by just screaming real loud. But it was so perfect. I, and I've listened to it, you know, a million times. And we really did harmonize. Yeah. We hit the exact same note. Yes. <laughs> like we're the Bellamy brothers up in here. It's amazing. Let your love shine. <laughs> yeah. Here's a question from Gina. She'd like to know what your mindset is going into the NLCS. This will be the third time in four seasons that the Braves have seen the Dodgers, meaning in the playoffs. At some point, it's time to man up and get past these guys, no matter what has happened in the past. I'm in. I, yeah. I, here's here's my take on that, Gina. Gina, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a better Braves team than the previous years against the Dodgers. The Dodgers are equally as good as they have been. Uh, and, they, and I'm saying that knowing they added Trey Turner and Scherzer, but but they've been they've been flat out good. So the the difference is Atlanta is better than they were. They're better than they were this time last year, and I have utter confidence that they can do they can take care of business. I go back to something you said 15 20 minutes ago about this ball club. The fact that you've seen them now twice that aura that they had going in before you'd seen them, that's gone for this team because they've experienced. It's still a really good ball club, uh, but you've experienced what this is. So I think some of that mystique and aura that might have been around them and, oh, gosh, we got to play the Dodgers. I think some of that's now gone, and you yeah. go into it with a lot of confidence. Right. I had a buddy text me this morning, and he was worried about Georgia being the number one team in the country and facing Kentucky and the Braves seeing the mighty Dodgers today. And we all know what's going to happen. You know, we've been through this too many times as Atlanta sports fans. And I wrote him back and I told him, I said, stop having that mindset. Stop thinking like that. Who cares what's happened in the past? 
You know, what happened in the past has happened in the past. That's behind us. It has no bearing on what may or may not happen in this series. And man up and get ready and let's go. Yeah. There you go. That's what you have to have running through your mind. Anything that happened before today is meaningless, really. Um, let's see. This says, hey, guys, my parents moved our family out of Braves country to Los Angeles about 10 years ago, but the Braves have always remained my favorite. And I love listening to you guys every chance I get. A couple of questions to choose from. Ben, did you find your earbuds in your snacks? No. And I go up and buy some new ones. Thief. They were lifted in Milwaukee. We got the last laugh, though. Yes. Winning that series. Uh, who would you put on a current all MLB starting rotation? And who would you like to see the Braves sign or receive in a trade to improve the bullpen this winter? Thanks for the podcast. That's from Lauren. Um, as far as this winter goes, I'd have to see how this thing finishes up and see what it looks like at that point. To me, you have to cross this bridge first. Um, last, and, and the perfect example of that is after that series with the Dodgers last year, at that point, it was apparent that the Braves ran out of starting pitching. So you knew you had to go get some starting pitching. We'll see what happens in this series. And if you advance the next series and whatever kept you from winning the World Series this go round, you go out there and find it in the offseason. That's the best way I know how to answer that one. I don't disagree, and with respect to the bullpen, um, there are so many great arms out there spread throughout the big leagues, some that might be available, some that might not, uh, that you're not going to have any trouble finding people who throw a bazillion miles an hour. It's a matter of finding those guys who fit into your clubhouse, fit into your bullpen scheme, and can throw strikes. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what it boils down to. And the question about who would you put on a current all-MLB starting rotation, I just think from a National League perspective, people that we've seen, you have to say Corbin Burns, you have to say Max Scherzer, and I'll put Charlie Morton and Max Fried on that list too. Yeah, good call. And Logan Webb. And Logan Webb. Mm -hmm. Definitely Logan Webb. Yeah. Yeah, and you could – Gosh, you could do it with just this division alone in the East with I mean, mm -hmm. what the Phillies are rolling out there mm -hmm. and when DeGrom was healthy and um, yeah, between, uh, yeah, with, with, with Zach and, and with Aaron over there in Philadelphia, they were tremendous. Wheeler, right. Nola, and uh, it'd be a tough one, but uh, lots yeah, of just from the playoff, to choose from. From yeah. the playoff teams, though, I think you can go Corbin Burns, Max Scherzer, Logan Webb, and I'll take our two guys, put yeah. them on that list too. Yeah. And it'd be hard for me to leave off Alcantara. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Right. Uh, oh, and I forgot about this guy and that guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Might be hard to limit it to five. Um, this is from Chris Strickland. Hey, guys. Lifelong Braves fan now living here in Pensacola, Florida. Thank you guys for being there for folks like me who can't watch the games and get to listen during the regular season. My question about is about rosters in the playoffs and how hard it is to choose the 26 guys to make up the roster and do they take a taxi squad with them if an injury occurs so they can have that player close and have for the next game go Braves Chris Strickland the answer Chris yes they do they have a taxi squad and those guys will be traveling and my guess is I don't know who's on that list right now but I'm guessing that Dylan Lee maybe Terrence Gore who were left off this playoff roster will be on there i saw tookie tucson here yesterday um shay langoliers shay langoliers will be there so there's a there's a list of guys that some pitchers a catcher some position players and it's a well-rounded group mm -hmm. i had a chat with uh, snit yesterday and asked him pretty much the, an identical question so when it comes to how you strategize 
for this series, be it your lineups, be it what you want to do, your strategy, et cetera? How, how tedious a process is that? And, and before I even finish the question, he's going, oh, gosh. It's like, you don't even know. It's like, we just had a 45-minute meeting just a little while ago. We have another one coming up after this round of BP. Uh, we were going to, if we had gone to San Francisco, we would have done it um, that night before we left and try to cram it all in. But they have multiple meetings, multiple sit downs, and they evaluate everything and they go through every type of scenario that you might see against one specific team. And uh, that kind of preparation has to be done. And uh, that's definitely a big part of what that uh, that question was. And the other part of that question, as far as roster construction goes, we touched on that last Saturday in Milwaukee, and it's proven to be true that just because your roster looks one way for one series doesn't mean it's going to look that way for the following series. And if the Braves advance to the World Series, it could look different than it does for this round. Mm -hmm. And again, it's proven to be true. They sit down and they look at every possible uh, scenario and they see how these two teams match up against each other. And, you know, I have no doubt that these rosters were constructed for how each team uh, feels it gives them the best chance to win. Got a good question here for uh, the two of you. I've been left out of this one uh, from AJ. With the Braves making another late postseason run, are there any superstitious rituals going on in the booth pregame or throughout the contest, not including Joe's Oreos? You got anything? I don't think we have any uh, other crazy superstitious activity going on. You know, occasionally if we need a run, I'm going to bring Joe his his cookies down here and put them in front of him and force him to eat them. Um, you if, got your hat. Yeah, I got my hat. You got and your you lucky know, hat. And boy, that thing will come in handy now. <laughs> occasionally <laughs> if I get nervous and fidgety, I'll walk down here and I'll get some hand sanitizer and rub my hands together. I may take a Superstition? walk. Superstitions during a pandemic. Yeah. Hand sanitizer. I, yeah. I may take a, I may take a walk in the hallway and come back, but I don't think anything just crazy sticks no, out. No, nothing sticks out to me. I mean, I'm I have a routine as it is, and that's for everything from spring training to the last day of the season. So you just want to make sure that you get everything done that you want, feel good about it. Man, there's I don't think there's anything where I'd say I need to do this or do that. I think that the power of the Oreo is enough to encompass all three of us and down there in that uh, that dugout as well. Well, and everybody, I think we've talked about this, but Ben's girlfriend, Ashley, uh, made a rally cookie jar full of double stuff Oreos or triple stuff. Um, what do you say? It, those are 250 of them things? In oh, there? it had to be. Tons. Had to be, and we're about halfway through it now already. So it'll be enough to last maybe for game one and two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we all need to go see the dentist as soon as the season ends. Yep. Uh, this question comes from Don. She said she's feeling optimistic and she's jumping ahead, but is there a scenario where the Braves could have home field advantage in the World Series? No, that goes down to record, right? I, no. Uh, what are we doing with that? The Red Sox. They have fewer wins than the Braves? Well, they were a wild card, weren't they? Wait a minute. I thought it was, yeah. alter- I thought it was alternating again. After the World Series. Oh. You know, after that World Series debacle when Bud Siegel decided to change the rules just yeah, eliminating the all-star game yes uh when they stopped having the all-star game decided it went to an alternating basis i thought last year it was in texas and i don't remember who was the home team the first game uh so i don't know how that would work we'll look that up right now but yeah for, for j chad's point boston would be a wild card team so if they advanced then uh, under those scenarios then the braves would get home field uh let's see 
Hosting privileges for the 2021 Fall Classic will go to the team with the best regular season winning percentage. If each World Series team has the same winning percentage, the tiebreakers proceed in the following order. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm not seeing division winner versus wild card. And, and the, the Red Sox won 92, 93 games. Houston won 95. And the Braves won 88. So they have fewer wins than either one of those two teams. But it doesn't seem right that a wild card team would be agreed uh, should have home field advantage over a division winner. But this is baseball, folks, and sometimes it's just not fair. Yeah, that's... Uh... Ask uh, Wilmer Flores. Right. Yeah, I, I, I'm... If... If it's all, if it's just the winning percentage, then there's no chance that the Braves could have home field. No. But if the same stipulations for the World Series uh, would be what we're looking at right now with this series, because the Dodgers won 18 more games than the Braves, but they're a wild card team, so therefore the Braves are the home field team for this series. You would think that'd be the case for World Series too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the 18 game difference is the greatest difference between two. NLCS combatants since 2005. Really? Yeah. I remember 06, the Cardinals won 83 Two, games? Maybe 82. And won the World Series? Yeah. Yeah. 80? And I think I think that's the year. It might have been 06. Okay. okay. I was thinking they played five. the Mets. Um, yeah, the Indy Chavez catch of the wall and the yeah. double play, but the, the Cardinals won and then won the World Series. Uh, with like 83 wins. I know the Padres got, I know the Padres won their division in 05 with 82 wins, but the Cardinals won it with 83. I can't imagine anything else would be even remotely close to what this year is and that year is. That's nothing. Yeah. Not even close. That's why, that's why when we read and you folks listen and see the prognosticators talking about uh, a Dodger Houston World Series, a Dodger Red Sox World Series, they're just kind of discounting us pretty yeah. much across the board. I think Buster Olney is the only guy I have seen in the national, on the network uh, writers and uh, announcers, uh, analysts, if you will. He's the only guy that's picked us. I saw one other person. It's not very good. Bob Nightingale picked us, and he's always wrong, so that's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> well, no. you know what? As, as far as that goes, let him be wrong. Yeah. You know, most of them pick Milwaukee to come True. in here because of their pitching and beat yep. the Braves. So right. let them be wrong. And when the Braves advance to the World Series, I'm sure every single one of those guys will pick Boston or Houston. And guess what? We'll let them be wrong again. That's right. There you go. Um, what uh, What do you all think about Rodriguez getting left off the NLCS? I really thought he'd been on the roster for this round. He was one of the guys we relied heavily on in the first few weeks after we acquired him. Is he hurt? Does DeBron Snitker at this point not trust him to get the job done? Uh, does the home run ball that he gave up late in the season factor into the decision not to carry him on the postseason roster? That's from Chip. I think it does. I think that weighed heavy uh, on him not being on either one of these rosters. And um, yeah, he's mostly and primarily a fastball pitcher, and his fastball command was not there. He was throwing it to the center of the plate, and that's why it was getting hit out of the ballpark. When his command was good and he'd get ahead in the count with that fastball, then his second pitch, which was a slider, uh, which is not a great pitch, was effective if he needed it to be. But uh, the lack of fastball command really hurt him. And I would just say you're not at a point in time in the season where you really have an opportunity to let these guys go out there and try to figure it out. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 
Will you guys pack your cowboy boots for LA in case you need to put a hole in the Dodgers? This is from Bill. Wow. I he think it's like us. I think it's the only pair of shoes I'm taking. Wow. Good idea. All right then. Might even sleep in them. Some kickers. Yeah. Come on now. Come on now. JC's ready to stomp a hole and then walk it dry. Yeah. Uh, this is from Jeremy McAtee. I think Jock Peterson adds a uniqueness to the clubhouse along with his playing abilities. Do you think the Braves would ever offer Jock a contract for next year? And if so, in what capacity would slash should he play? P.S. What are the chances of me getting a signed baseball from the Booth crew for my 30-year-long collection at home? Jeremy McAtee. I think the chances of beginning a baseball are a lot great. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think there's a chance they'll re-sign Jock. Mm-hmm. They'll make a, a move, too. Yeah, I, I think um, what he's brought to the team and how much his teammates absolutely love him and uh, have embraced him being in the clubhouse and uniqueness, that was a good, good call, good description. I think there's always that chance, depending on what he wants. And... Uh, you know, let's face it, we don't know at what percentage Ron Lacuna Jr. will be at health-wise when the season starts mm-hmm. next year. Me, personally, I could be wrong. I, I wouldn't expect Ronald to be ready for game one. So you're going to need someone, and I think something else that factors into the decision for he or Solaire and even Adam Duvall, if you're going to bring him back, will the National League have a DH? What's the status of Marcelo Zona? So I think Good point. Uh, three or four of these guys could factor in. Uh, to the decision, I think we're just going to have to wait and see how it plays out. And uh, w- if it's determined whether or not the National League has a DH moving forward, what's the status of Marcelo Zuna, and how quickly you think you'll get Ronald back because you're going to have to have a plan B to start the season. Yeah, that, those are all really good points, Jay Chad. Um, the Ozuna situation, is it's just kind of hanging out there. You know, nobody really addresses it. It all gets deferred to MLB. You know, talk to MLB. They're handling it. Uh, I don't know at what point MLB will make a decision on that. There have been other players. Uh, The precedent was set with some other guys who uh, were, I don't want to say charged. They got in trouble for domestic violence, okay? And um, still got suspended by baseball, even though they didn't have uh, charges filed against them mm-hmm. legally. They got suspended by baseball. So that's still hanging out there too, no matter what happens right. with the actual charges for Marcel. DH, big deal. You know, I always I felt like that's why the Braves signed Marcel last year and gave right. him a ton of money. And you thought, you could, oh, I just get through this season and yeah. then he'll become your DH in 2022. It's an anticipation of the DH uh, in the new collective bargaining agreement beginning next year. Yeah. I mean, you know me. I mean, I've said this a hundred times. Having more good players is not a problem, and it's easy for me in this position to be extremely liberal when it comes to going out and getting guys. You know, get, sign them. Good guy I can help my ball club. Sign them. Find a way to bring them back, and I'm, I'd be all for having Jock back here next year. Yeah. Here's a question that I I think Joe's probably the best qualified to answer. This question's from uh, Matthew Collier, our friend in Rector, Arkansas. And he's interested to hear Joe's take. Recently, the nominees for the Ford Frick Award were announced, and once again, Skip Carey and Pete Van Weren were omitted from the list. I read something about them rotating airs, and each year the modern era announcers would be considered later, but it really bothers me that those incredible voices from the TBS days haven't received the honor they deserve. Yeah, and, and I throw in Ernie Johnson. 
Ernie would probably fit in with that era. I don't know if Pete and Skip do yet. Um, I don't. I don't know what the qualifications are for that era or for the modern day era. Um, but I, I feel like um, they get slighted every time on this deal, and there used to be a, a way to kind of campaign for them, to nominate them, to get them on the ballot. Obviously, they're not on there this year. These are men that um, I know were instrumental that are on the ballot now that were instrumental in the birth of radio, baseball radio, and uh, are important to the game. The only one that uh, I think I can actually name is uh, Rousey Roswell from the Pirates, and that's because the Pirates in their press box have pictures of some of all their old Broadcasters and I always mm-hmm. used to see Rousey Roswell's picture on there, <laughs> and he was back in the '30s and did it for a very long time. So, right. hey, I'm all for him. You know, I, 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 I'm with the, the who was the person? What was his name? Matthew. Matthew. That was a great question. Much appreciated. Uh, we got to get those guys in there. Well, just them not being on the ballot for so many years is the thing that surprised me. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one guy a year, so if they haven't been elected, okay, what? Well, that's one thing, but. Uh, you see the ballot come out annually, and I don't recall seeing any of those guys on there at all. If they have, it's been a while. Well, the ne- I guess next year or whatever year they start voting, whenever it flips back to modern era, right? Um, I hope that they're they, they're still on the ballot. Yeah, hope so too. Yeah, that was God nineteen. I mean, the Pirates they were the first to broadcast baseball. I want to say nineteen twenty six was the first broadcast, and. KDKA. Uh, KDK and Graham McNamee and a bunch of those old, old, old guys who have been recently awarded that uh, award. But, yeah, it's, it's surprising. Um, I think we have time for a couple of more. Are there any NLCS roster surprises for any of you? That's from Butch. Any big surprises? I don't think so. I think the biggest one that we were looking for was, all right, what are you going to do with Camargo or Gore? And Camargo can do a lot more things than Gore could. Yeah. Here's, here's one for uh, from Tracy for everyone. If you were a major, le- if you were on a major league coaching staff, what role do you think you would have? Uh, I would be a first base coach, outfield, base running. Um, I am nowhere near qualified to do this, but I think I'd enjoy being a pitching coach. Part of me wants to say I would be a manager. Right. The other part of me wants to say I would be a bench coach for no reason other than to be a sounding board for Ben and to talk him out of doing something he shouldn't do. Well, <laughs> So I'm the manager? You're a bench coach now. I mean, in some respects, Jay Chad, that's what you do now. You are a guy that um, is seeing everything that we don't see and reminding us that this has got to happen or we got to do this or don't forget to do that. I think you're a bench coach now. Well, there you go, Tracy. Yeah. And a darn good one. Yeah. Um, what this, number would you wear, Jonathan? Three. Three for Murphy? Well, I guess it depends on who I coach for. If I coach for the Braves, I couldn't wear three. No. So what would you wear? I would go five next, but I couldn't wear that either. Then probably seven or ten. Couldn't wear either one of those. So I don't know. I think I'd just take what they give, what they gave me. Okay. Yeah, what's left after what the players don't take. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't even thinking about the current roster and who's wearing that. I mean, I'm thinking about, like, your favorite number, yeah. and you said three. It'd be three. Okay. I got 37. Why? I've always liked it. Follows me everywhere. J-Chad's seen it. it. It's the weirdest thing. It just... 
huh. pops up and follows me all the time. Wow. So I've embraced you? it. He's six. Uh, mine was six, but I, I, did, I never got to wear it in the big leagues. Somebody always had it, uh, but 18 was my number in Seattle, so I'll go with that. All right, here's one more. This is from Alex, and uh, Alex fires away with three quick hitters. Some have to do with baseball, some do not. So we'll, we'll just I'm going to fire these off real quickly. Number one, if you could choose your last meal on earth, what would it be? No calorie count here because if you're going out as a happy per, uh, person, food uh, should also help make you happy. So last meal, what are you going with, Joe? Um, I, I'm steak and potatoes guy, so I'm sure I would probably go there with a side of a lobster tail. Oh, nice. That's and, good. And drawn butter. That's good. JC? I'd probably have to have a filet, medium rare, with some salmon on the side, maybe some... Uh, Steamed broccoli, maybe some mac and cheese, <laughs> some sort of potatoes. I'd go for it, I man. Mean, now's the yeah. time to go hard. Yeah, I'd paint. go for it. What about you? I'm going country fried steak, black eyed peas, uh, green beans, corn, uh, uh, cornbread, yeah, and some ice cream. And I think I'm going to add one other thing: that butternut squash oh, risotto yeah, from Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> if, if, if I got a stiv execution and got another meal the next night, it would be chicken fried steak. Yeah, also. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. And a pair of tight jeans and, and, <laughs> and a beer. Right. <laughs> Tall, cold one. Yeah. If you hadn't chosen baseball slash broadcasting as your career path, what do you think you'd be doing with your life? JC, be the manager of a baseball team, right? Yeah, well, before I was doing what I'm doing now, uh, I worked in sports radio for a number of years. Um, I'm kind of thankful that era is behind me, but as far as what I'd be doing now, that's a good question. Um, I, I hope to be here in the current seat that I am as long as the Braves will have me. That's a good answer. Joe? Uh, probably coaching. Yeah. I probably uh, um, I had an opportunity to get into – coaching in the minor leagues after I got out of baseball. Uh, it was uh, tempting, but uh, there's no way you can support a young family yeah. on that. And uh, I tried some other things that didn't work before I got into this. Uh, but probably coaching would be my guess. Yeah, I think so. That's, that would, you'd be really good at it. I know that's for sure. Thanks. Uh, outside of this, totally out of the, the realm of sports altogether and broadcasting, I, I think some kind of... Um, High-level Intel government job would be really interesting. Some kind of secret service or something oh, like that. You're just, dressed for it today. Yeah, I got the suit on. You today. got your suit on. You just need a little lapel pin, right? That's like a like a microphone, just to have all the the top secret information and know what country's doing what. That'd yeah. be fascinating to yeah. me. They uh, Alex has one more. Do you enjoy winning or hate losing more? Why winning? Nothing tops winning. Winning. I mean, losing sucks, but winning, winning tops everything. I would say uh, both. I love to win. I hate to lose. Yeah. And we're at the point in time in the season where you win or go home. And I don't know about you boys, but I'm not ready to go home. No way. No way. Well, it's a gorgeous night here in Atlanta. And uh, cannot wait for the series to get going. Cannot wait to see all of you here in the ballpark tonight. And for those of you who cannot be joining us here in the ballpark tonight, look forward to you joining us on the Braves Radio Network. And we hope that we're doing another episode of this show. That would mean a really good thing for the Braves. So make sure you fire away with your questions, bravesbooth at gmail.com. Until then, for Joe, for Jay Chad, I'm Ben, and you've been inside the Braves booth. <laughs>